ahead and give that intro, bro. Oh, I think we might have something. All might have something right. here. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Wednesday at 7, and you know what that means. It is the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat with your homeboys, Evan and Aaron. I represent the Blues. My man, whoop, this way, represents the Reds. There you go. Aaron, what's up, man? How you doing this evening, brother? You know, I'm doing okay, um, but the obvious elephant in the room here is that the world at large isn't really doing okay. Mm. And, you know, uh, our, our, our past show, you know, would have focused a lot, uh, uh, on, on the politics and the motivations behind all this. And, and yeah. if somebody, somebody has got a question and we want to talk about it, we can dive into that. But what I really want to talk about from, um, you know, a sporting perspective and a football perspective or soccer perspective is, um, the, the coming together. Um, oh. outpouring of support that we saw all weekend long. Um, we saw multiple Ukrainian tennis players, uh, men and women during some tournaments. Um, but all across Europe, uh, there were football matches in, in, in most of the leagues. And you just saw fans in the, in the crowd, um, you know, holding up Ukraine flags. You know, we're mm -hmm. with you. Uh, Liverpool fans saying you'll never walk alone specifically for Ukraine fans. Yeah. Um, Alexander Zinchenko for um, oh. um, Man City uh, and his counterpart for, um, oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. It was who they played in the, in the, um, was it, it wasn't Norwich. Um, no, yeah. oh, no, no, in the FA. Um, yeah, I don't recall yeah. because City's not really a part of the show, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it was just, it was, it was good to see um, the world come together like that. And, you know, yeah. when, when people talk about sports and politics, I think this is what uh, they fail to understand. This isn't a moment to stay silent. Silence is complicity. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're at a, a whole new crazy stage in the world where you can watch people um, on TikTok videos showing you how to make Molotov cocktails um, yeah. right after doing, you know, whatever the latest dance craze is. So it's a strange world. We're getting these images beamed to us. Um, but it, it, in spite of what's going on in the world, it was, it was, I was really proud of the sport. I love the beautiful game to demonstrate yes. itself off the field like that. Absolutely, man. I mean, you know, looking at everything that happened over the weekend, um, I, I, I cannot, stress enough obviously how how much um we as a world are um with the ukrainian people um we're yeah. behind you guys uh you know i i do not want us to ever forget the fact that they are fighting a fight um that that you know is 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 in in many ways uh inevitable but yet they are fighting mm -hmm. and and i and yes. i you know you you cannot you cannot dispute dispute the fact that the ukrainian people are people who are proud who will not lay down who will not stop fighting and you know i i think the 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 sport that we love man has um, not only embrace that, but embrace the humanity of, of the Ukrainian people. And let's not forget 
there are millions and millions of Russian people who are literally saying WTF. Yeah. They, yeah. they literally are beside themselves. Um, and they're going to pay the price. They are going to really pay the price for this. And, and, you know, it, it, it is part of it. It's part of it. And in, in my, my, my best wishes go out to um, those Russian people who understand that this is total um, megalomania mm -hmm. uh, yeah. that, that my, my prayers is that they, they defect immediately and, and, and they get somewhere to where, um, you know, they can, um, you know, truly live without this, this, this menacing, um, you know, autocrat uh, ruining their lives because of his um, determination to, to do something yep. like this. Um, so, you know, that's, that's just my thoughts on that, man. Well, it's what's truly unfortunate here is, you know, the, this is sort of, um, you know, cousin versus cousin kind of thing, oh. you know, brothers could be taken up arms and, you know, you hear some of the stories about Russian soldiers, soldiers surrendering in mass and punching holes in their gas tanks. So they can't fight. I don't think they want this. No, I don't, I don't think the people of Russia really, really want this. I think they no. recognize the power grab that it is as much as they may want a unified, you know, maybe they do want a Soviet union again. I don't know. Uh, don't I know that's like what, this. I know that's what Putin wants, Yeah, but you know, States decided they wanted to join the United States over the years, right? Didn't all just happen at once over a period of time. People said, we want to be a part of this. We want to be a part of this. And, you know, 30 some years ago, um, the Ukraine, Ukraine, the people of Ukraine said, we don't want to be part of this anymore. Right. And, you know, unfortunately for them, they're the second largest uh, of the, you know, Soviet, former Soviet republics. Mm -hmm. um, they're boarding right there with Russia. Um, so they're scrutinized that much more. And, and let's face it, they're, they're not, they're not without a certain amount of culpability for some of their actions over the last several decades. There's a lot of sure. corruption, things like that. Sure. But sure. in this moment, it's the humanity of it. And it, mm -hmm. it makes no sense. Um, it, it really, it's just, it's, it's really ugly. You can't say you're liberating people while you're also bombing their cities, which, to be fair, I'm an American saying that, and I understand the connotations that come with it. Sure. But sure. You know, but the world doesn't happen in a vacuum, and this is what's happening right now. And and man, the the video. And, and here's the thing: I applaud the American media. We have we have grown up as a media from the Iraq War until now. We are showing, we are showing in its true form the casualties of war. Um, that video of that little girl laying on that gurney yeah. and, and them not being able to save her. I mean, it's heart wrenching. I, it is. It's heart wrenching. And, you know, my hope, and, and I don't know, maybe you can shed some light on this. The last thing that I read about what FIFA was doing is saying, Hey, you know, you can't compete as Russia, but you can compete as the Russian Federation, which I'm like, bro. You know, I think that was a you know taking a page from the from the IOC and what they did with the Olympics and stuff like that. But I, I think this I, I think I it's a know. bit Tell I think it's a bit different. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like FIFA is taking some some harsher actions now. I think they've gotten some feedback that that was maybe, and I, and I think the realization that the Polish and the Swiss said we're not going to play this match anyway. So yeah. you know, if, if you if you want to ruin things like that, then go ahead. But you know, Wojciech Chesney, Polish goalkeeper for Juventus, you know, he says, you know, he had a great post. My wife's Ukrainian. There's Ukrainian blood flowing through the veins of my children. There's no way I'm going to go play this game. And I don't blame Russian soccer players and I don't blame Russian fans, but we can't do this. No, we can't hold this match and pretend this isn't going on. And that's that's been the sentiment of a lot of people, you know, Lewandowski, Shevchenko have all said the same thing. Look, Mm -hmm. we want the game to go on and typically it does, but in a moment like this, you just can't do it. No, no. And I I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, I just, I feel like this, uh, I, I just feel like everything, it all needs to be cut off. Everything mm-hmm. needs to be cut off mm-hmm. and even sports. I mean, you know, this, this is yeah. something that, that the entire world has to be, you know, united on. I mean, well, they, they, yeah. Formula One's pulled their events. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're seeing it. Everybody has quickly pulled their events and I think FIFA recognizes what they need to do now. Can they suspend the Russian Federation from competing, you know, their own league games? I, I don't know. And I'm not sure what, what that does you know we're we're kind of getting into a pandora's box here um but you know my my main point is there's there's still a lot of good in the world and in the face of this ugly madman and i and you know i I think you know there there are similarities to uh that last guy about how you know he doesn't come across as a monster all the time Putin is a smart man and he, he mm-hmm. understands diplomacy um, and, and he's very clever and he's got a KGB background and he, you know, he, he understands how to, how to shake hands and kiss babies, but yep. also, you know, assassinate his enemies and put him yeah. in jail and stuff like that. I, I, you know, ask Alex Navalny how it's all going. Right. Um, but the world is, is I think unanimously standing up and saying this is wrong and, uh, in whatever show of support we can do, that's what we're going to do. So, I, yeah, I, um, you know, just, just to, to wrap up my thoughts on this man and, and we can move on, but, um, you know, I, I think that the thing that, the thing that really worries me about all of this is I, I don't see, um, a resolution you know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't see I don't see a quick resolution, which which, quite frankly, you know, it, 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 it makes me believe that the Ukrainian people um, are going to um, they're going to continue to suffer. Mm. Um, I think that the you know, I, I'm going to say it. I think the vast majority of Russian soldiers and Russian people don't want this. Um, they, they, they are, they are going to be pressured to continue this and it is literally going to be, um, Vladimir Putin watching the world burn and not caring, not caring. Well, I'd like to think there's going to be a lot of people standing in his way. I mean, he's the type of escalation we're talking about is unheard of in world history, really. Um, and if it gets to that point, we're now talking about World War Three. I, I yes, exactly. I mean, this is literally is, um, you know, 1939. This is Poland. 
Yeah. This is, you know what? It could be. It, well, and I think that's why the polls are so steadfast about this as well. Like, <laughs> hey guys, yeah. we already, we already did this. We already threw this party. The whole world showed up to it. It lasted yeah. about seven, eight years. <laughs> and uh, it really wasn't all that much fun. There was a gigantic mess to clean up at the end of it. Um, yeah. Io um, says, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out the resilience for my fellow Africans fleeing Ukraine, who, despite facing racism during the war, managed to find ways to safety. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, I, I feel so American. And Io, thank you, because that's that's at least in my opinion, that's what we do. Right. We, we get so focused on things. We forget all of the intricacies that are, you know, that are there. And, and you know, I, I can't imagine just the, the different stories from mm-hmm. different people who who are fleeing. And thank you, Io. I appreciate that, man. That's that's something we don't think about. Yeah. Well, enough. and the the, the racism uh, that, you know players of color face oh. in Eastern Europe, um, specifically Russia. And, and, and I gotta say it, even in Ukraine, mm. it, it's pretty open. It's pretty ugly. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a very, very different mindset to how we approach it. Um, and I, I you know, I've, I've watched a, a lot on, you know, Russian culture and how, you know, they, they try to explain it away and, and, and some things. Um, but yeah, I owe, thank you for, for keeping that front and center because, um, there's a, a, a myriad of people being impacted by this. And, uh, that's, that's definitely a, uh, a, a group who's <laughs> it, it's bad enough as it is. And then this bullshit breaks out. So, yeah, exactly. Um, I think the easiest transition here is, yeah. um, to kind of go ahead and talk about Chelsea and, you know, Roman has already stepped aside to let some sort of charitable trust yep. uh, run the team. Not really sure the details of that mean, uh, right. but then yesterday or today he announced that he is going to sell the club. Um, says he wants to slow walk it. He obviously wants, you know, he cares about the club. He wants to look after it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to unpack because, you know, of how much he bought the club for what he wants to sell it for right. things of that nature. Right. And obviously his circumstances are kind of unique, but what are your initial thoughts when you hear this and what are your, what are your concerns about it? My initial thoughts about um, Roman is that, you know, the, the guy, we, we just don't know. It's that old adage, right? We don't know what goes on behind people's closed mm-hmm. doors. We, we just don't know. Um, what we know about Roman Abramovich is that he is, uh, you know, has been um, a really dedicated, a really um, uh, focused owner um, mm-hmm. of the club. He has um, continued the winning culture that Ch- Chelsea has had. Um, I think that he recognizes the signs of the times. Um, he recognizes the writing on the wall. And, um, you know, I, I hope that, um, you know, as things come out, uh, we will be patient and not, you know, try mm-hmm. to, you know, try to um, capitulate anything ahead of actual reporting of what happened. Right. I, you know, please, by no means think that I'm trying to paint him as a saint. I'm not. I am, you know, uh, not naive. Enough to to not believe that you know people people who make a bunch of money um, mm-hmm. probably at times have to run over a few people. Um, I get that, 
Especially but, when you look at the time period in which he made uh, his money. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, the fact that he has, you know, said that he would, you know, donate whatever he got, I believe, from the club to to uh, Ukrainian charities and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, that says something. Um, yeah. But that's my initial, just from the outside, because you know, I mean, people can speculate and, and do all that stuff, but just from the outside looking in, guy was a solid owner. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he brought in talent. He helped, you know, the club, you know, like I said, maintain its winning ways. Um, you know, the the guy that I think is number one entertaining buying the club, um, Hans-Jörg uh, uh, Wies uh, from uh, Swiss, uh, from Switzerland. He's a billionaire from Switzerland. And um, Wies is, I think, 86 years old. Mm. Um, you know, I. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know is yeah. there's a lot of questions there. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be ageist at all. I, no, I'm no, not, no, you guys, I just, no, I totally get what you're saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I don't know, you know, I, I'm like, okay, does, does he understand all the nuances of EPL, you know, mm-hmm. does, which I'm sure he does. I, I don't know. I, everything's so up in the air right now, Aaron. Right. Um, it's so up in the air, but, but my biggest concern my biggest concern are the guys, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, today, Lutton, we 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 made it through. Mm-hmm. We made it through, and 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 that's fine. Um, Werner, finally, uh, Lukaku, finally. Yeah. Uh, those guys on on Lukaku's goal. I mean, the the delivery was beautiful from yeah. Werner. Um, which I hope is a glimpse of what he can do uh, in, you know, in the future here. Um, you know, Pooley played well today. I think, you know, James looked good um, getting back into form. I think Kepa still has some confidence issues from the Liverpool match, which, by the way, anybody who calls themselves a Chelsea fan out there who has given Kepa you know, who's putting all the, the loss all on Keppa, you know, I'll fight you. I'm sorry. It's not all on him. It just isn't. It's not. Um, when you have that much talent, and yes, you're playing Liverpool, who can match you in every position, but with that type of, those type of opportunities to score, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't convert. Now, on the other well. side, <laughs> uh, the other side, that you know, you had one of the greatest strikers in the world absolutely miss, miss an open goal. All he had to do is chip it over Mindy, and he missed it. Tiago Silva cleared it, but it was questionable. It was I like, was going, wasn't I think even it was going, going wide. In. I think it was yeah. going wide. I, I don't it think it was going in. Had it, had it spinning away, yeah. And so it was a weird day. It was just a mm-hmm. weird day, but what an incredible match. And we can go more in depth than that here in a little bit. But but I say all that to say this. I think there's so much that's up in the air, Aaron. I, I think that, you know, what I'd like to see um, is, is, is the you know, I'd like to see the boys just come together and say, you know what, let's, let's do this for the fans. Let's mm-hmm. just do this for the fans. Let's try and block the noise out, which, you know what, I, you know me, I am a Frank Lampard fan, but boy, I tell you, um, what, what has transpired with, with Chelsea, um, under Thomas Tuchel, 
Tuchel has won my heart. He really has. He, some way, in the midst of all this, had Chelsea ready to play, in my opinion, the best match in in 2021-2022 season. It was it was entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful match. There were mind-blowing saves. Yeah. The passing was ex- exquisite. You had drama. You had everything in that match, man. It's one of the greatest. I'm not going to say the best, um, but it's one matches of the year, hands yeah. down. Um, Thomas Tuchel, hat off, hats off to you for getting the guys ready to play. Um, and, yeah. That's what I got to say about it, man. I don't know what. What do you think from from an outsider, from from a Man U fan looking in? What do you see? I, you know, when it comes to Chelsea, I, I think they've got a lot um, of the same good and bad qualities that several of the teams around them have, and I think they're all dealing with them in in various ways. City has obviously, you know, been a bit of a runaway at times. Um, <clears throat> but um, City, I think, is the most consistent team in the league. And I think they're probably still odds on favorites. And Liverpool's not too far behind. But I think then you start looking at Chelsea, Manchester United. Uh, West Ham, West Ham, Arsenal, West Ham, Arsenal mm-hmm. uh, and, and Spurs that all have, I think, very similar problems to greater and lesser degrees, especially when it comes to consistency, mm-hmm. because here's what I've got since the last time we got together in the Premier League. You played away at Crystal Palace and really did not deserve to get all three points. It was a nice no. goal at the end. of no. it. You're um, right. But it was a result over a performance Lille in the champions league pretty strong performance came out got your two goals and, and put the put the match to bed largely liverpool massive massive game everybody out there was playing at an incredibly high level yeah to see the number of goals get chalked off yes for, for var incidents and by yep. and large i'd say they were all pretty pretty correct i think there's some some question about the the last one around Lukaku yeah um, but I mean you just it, it had everything you wanted it had tons mm-hmm. tons of drama mm-hmm. um, and then turn around and, and go to to Luton today and ultimately had enough talent you know I, th- I think that's really really what made a difference but they scored um, two really nice goals on you they they were they were great. The first uh, one was a header from a corner, yeah. and it was it was beautiful. It Terrific was movement. Nobody yeah. was saving that. No. Nope. Uh, and and the second one, I think Chelsea got caught a little flat footed in transition, and Malin yes. Sard made a really really bad decision to step up rather than just drop off. Because if he drops off, he probably handles that with no issue. But yep. there was still there was still forty yards of dribbling and draw the keeper out and finish nicely to be done. And it was a nice finish. It yeah. was a nice finish, man. Um. I also want to throw in there this too. I, it, it was, it was, I never, I never as a Chelsea fan want to see a first half like the one we played mm. um, ever again. But 
Cesar Aspilicueta and Tiago Silva were both out, which which I think mm-hmm. is massive. Yeah. That we, like you said, that we had enough talent to win, mm-hmm. and we were able to set those guys. Yeah. I I think it's I think he's great. Edward Mindy had a chance to rest after you know going a hundred and uh, how many minutes you know, mm-hmm. um, hundred twenty minutes, and and it's like that's huge. And like I said, Pooley, Christian Pulisic, the last two matches, Liverpool and Luton, these two matches, he has he's shown up, mm-hmm. he's shown up. And I'm like, that is, that's incredible for us because if yeah. we can get Ziek back, if we can get him back and get him healthy and we are able to kind of move people around mm. and get them in the right spot and Lukaku starts to kind of get his mojo back, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I just, anything's possible. I still think you are absolutely right. I think City 80% wins this week, this league. This year, I think Liverpool has about a 15% chance to come back and get them. And then I think, you know, Man U, us, I, I, I think we got about 5% chance. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you, man, it, it seems like that match, that match on Saturday, um, Sunday, or no, Saturday, that match, I hope, starts to solidify Chelsea and keep us from, from having such, you know, uh, inconsistency on things. I hope that it, it kind of evens us out today. I'm, I'm going to chalk it up to, uh, you just got through playing, you know, you just got through fighting the thriller in Manila mm-hmm. and now you had to come back to, you know, to, to New Jersey to fight, you know, the 10th ranked, you know, heavyweight. I'm like, okay, you, I'm chalking that up to that because there was a lot of emotion left there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff swirling around right now. So I think that the next few matches is they're really going to tell the tale about where Chelsea is. Well, you're so. at home to Burnley and at home to Newcastle in your next two matches. I believe. We, we need, we need, we need two nil three nil. Yeah. I, I think if, if we can do that, I think we're back. I do. I think that I think that we can we can put keep the pressure on. Like I said, I do not think that we win the league this year. Oh no, um, you're Man not City, going. To, Man, no, Man let City. Let me break is, it to you. You're not going. To win. I, I know. I know. I just don't want people to interpret me being like you know rah rah rah. We have a chance. I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I'm realistically you still have a chance. Yeah, if, but that's if Manchester like, City and Liverpool team buses were to fall into a big hole. <laughs> There would be a chance. Um, Wait, I gotta adjust my my uh, my <laughs> microphone. Oh, hang on. There we go. Yeah. There um, we go. So speaking of City, uh, they are our opponent in the Manchester Derby this weekend. Oh, uh, it is, dude. It's, where it's where at, are we watching this? Are we going to watch City. this? Uh, yeah, yeah. We will be going to watch this. CTF. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. WTF? No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's what City's going to be saying. WTF. Well, hopefully, because strangely enough, for all of United's up and down performances in the last few years, uh, they've been pretty strong away and they've been good against City. Now, earlier this year, 
uh, wasn't good. Uh, we played City on the heels of that, what, four or five, nothing, just absolute ass kicking that Liverpool dragged us through a field in. Yeah. And then following week played City and it was two to nothing, but it, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was, it was a much more comprehensive win for sure City than two, uh, two nothing would indicate. But a lot of things have changed since then. Um, and United are now creating a lot of chances. Yes. Chances that they weren't really creating all that much before. The problem is suddenly um, through a weird combination, the people that we have available aren't scoring the way they have been. Ronaldo's kind of in a little bit of a funk. Um, Rashford's still not quite back yet. I think Sancho's playing well, but to really be expecting, I would I expect him to be creating goals. And if he scores a few here and there, that's nice. But I don't think we I bought him for 20 goals. Um, but, you know, Cavani's been out injured for a while. Uh, Anthony Martial has, has been sent out on loan. And, um, you know, the boy who won't be named any longer decided to fuck up his soccer career. So, you know, at a time when, you know, you're, you're at the, the meaty part of the season when you need everybody to be contributing and pitching in and getting you those goals, uh, we've just struggled. And to especially, you know, watch that last game against Watford. I mean, if, if somebody showed you the highlights of that match and didn't tell you what scoreline was, you'd have thought it was three or four to nothing. And in yes. fact, the last few games that we'd played in the league, I think you would say that the performances Absolutely. have been much better. They've not been complete 90 minute performances and things like that. But mm -hmm. I think that's the point I was making earlier is, you know, to, to greater and lesser extent, Chelsea's having that problem. Arsenal's having that problem. Yeah. West Ham's having that problem. Yeah. Spurs is obviously having that problem where our, our teams are struggling to, you know, really um, put it all together. And I think that shows you how difficult it really is to do. And that it's not just, Hey, you can't just do footy manners and be like, here's these 11 really good players. And, you know, the other team is also trying to beat you, you know? Yeah. So, so there's that yeah. aspect. Um, yeah. I'm not even going to venture, uh, uh, you know, a, a prediction because I just don't know which teams are going to show up because city have mm. not exactly looked super dominant in their last few games. They've looked vulnerable. No. Um, but look, <laughs> Pep's a hell of a manager. Um, and yep. he's, he's certainly not going to, um, lay down uh, and 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 let United walk over him. No, the no. question is, can United get a foothold in the match and and cause some problems? I I mean, I, I think it's probably more likely to be a low scoring draw than a blowout mm. for either team. I just okay. don't really see that happening at this point. Um, but it could really go either way. Um, but United let, need to build some momentum. Let me let me throw this out there though, because there there are two United players that that I'm intrigued with number one, the resurgence of Paul Pogba. Mm -hmm. um, you happy about that, dude. I mean, I'm happy about that. I'm a, I'm a huge Paul Pogba fan. I I'm really too. am. I, 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 I want, I, I think that the league needs Paul Pogba to be good. I think mm -hmm. they, it, you know, it, because it just, it, he, he's that type of player, yeah. but then I want to also talk about Anthony Yalanga. Okay. I like him. Mm -hmm. I like him. He works hard. Yeah. He he's a, he's a hard worker on the pitch, man. I'm excited about him for you guys. I want to get your take on him because I, I I saw some things in him. I'm like, you know, if if he and Rashford, um, you know, 
if, 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 if somehow they can work together with Fernandez and, and Ronaldo and, and try and get that together. I'm like, you know, I, I like him. I like the kid. What do you think? Well, I mean, it, it, it's great that he was able uh, to come on. He's come on in a few games and, and helped us out. What he did at Atletico Madrid was, was massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he did similar uh, at Leeds late in the game. So he reminds me uh, a lot of Marcus uh, when Marcus first burst on the scene, just young playing, playing with that youthful, just sort of vigor, right? Like you got, yeah. I, I, I've never experienced the, the, the horrible loss. Um, although he, you know, he did unfortunately miss the, the, the PK against Middlesbrough. So that gives him a little bit of, of, you know, um, mental fortitude, I'd say. Sure. But, you know, when Marcus came on the scene, he was, he was very direct. He's strong. He's pacey and just said, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I think Anthony has done very similar and I like it. Um, can, can he sustain it? Can he add new aspects to his game? You know, these are all the things, but you know, if you get to go to training every day and you're doing finishing drills with Cristiano Ronaldo and Edinson Cavani and Marcus Rashford and Paul Pogba and Jaden Sancho, um, I have a feeling you're in good company and they can give Mm -hmm. you some pointers. So Mm -hmm. the question is, you know, how much time do you start giving him? Where does he fit in? Um, You know, it it seems obvious to me they need to change the shape a little bit just so that Ronaldo's not alone up top. Um, we seem to have done better in matches where we've gone to either a four, three, three, or, you know, a, a tandem two somehow, mm-hmm. um, with Paul Pogba. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I don't care whether he signs another contract again with us, as long as he plays as well as he can between now and the end of the year, you mm-hmm. know, I've never been mad if somebody says they want, they don't want to be here anymore. I want to go, you know, I, my dream is to play for whoever Martin Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich. It's yep. fine. It's absolutely fine. Just give us your all while you're here. Yes. That's all I asked for. And, and the, the reality is that there's been a lot of criticisms of Paul Pogba over the last couple of years, and they all have merit. But I think what we've really seen of late is when he is healthy and the team is focused and he is given the opportunity to do things, he's almost untouchable. Um, I, I've watched, you know, unfortunately, again, it's been 45 minutes here, 45 minutes there. It's not been, you know, 80, 90 minutes. Sure. Um, but he is still kind of coming back from a long-term injury. But mm. His his control of the match in several of the games recently has been amazing, and I think it's obvious that when he can be pushed, you know, further up the field, more advanced, off that left side role, he's he, suddenly he becomes a lot more dangerous. Bruno becomes more dangerous. Mm-hmm. You have, you just have to to watch for so many things, and his ability to to knock a ball seventy yards into space and drop it on somebody's foot, and when that foot is Jaden Sancho or Marcus Rashford or Cristiano Ronaldo that yep. causes problems. So yeah, I, I love him too. And I, I, I would love to have him stay. Um, but if he gets us enough goals and assists and good performances between now and the end of the year to make it to fourth place, Hey man, mm-hmm. go enjoy Madrid. Yep. We're, we're, we're going to get some decent money for you anyway. I, I know we're past halftime, but I've got one more, um, man, you question for yeah. you. Um, I, I, I wanted to kind of get your opinion on, on, you, you mentioned it before about um, Ronaldo kind of being in mm-hmm. a funk, you know, type mm-hmm. stuff. Um, if you're a Rangnick, what, what would you do? What, what would you do to try and get him off, man? What would you do? Um, one, I'd want to sit down with him and see just how he felt. You know, do you, do you feel like you're not scoring goals right now because 
of, um, you know, you're tired, uh, not, not feeling good on things. I mean, let's face it. He's hit the post a number of times. Mm-hmm. He's just missed a lot of close ones that you're used to a guy has caliber scoring. And maybe this is just what 37, 38 year old Ronaldo looks like, you know, he's, he's not going to be quite the same player. Um, I think I would have taken him off in a few games. Uh, I might rest him in an upcoming match, although we not with what's coming up. We got City, Spurs, and then Atletico on the return. Ooh, so wow. not really in a position to be like, hey, Cristiano, you can go hang out in Dubai on your yacht for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I do think playing somebody up alongside him has been a lot more beneficial for United recently. Um, he He seems to find better space. Um, he's a little easier to mark when he's up there on his own, especially if we're not getting joy down the wings. Um, so then all of a sudden everything's just across in the box and he's a great header, but if you're aiming at him while he's getting double teamed and there's nobody really there to pick up the pieces, that's a struggle. Um, and again, the nice thing is we just talked about him. Anthony Langa is that really, really nice option. So, you know, maybe you let the kid have a start against somebody. Maybe you let him start against Spurs and say, Cristiano, you yeah. get to, you get the last twenty minutes. Let and, him start. Let him start against City. City hasn't seen him. They haven't seen him. They, they yeah they, yeah for sure. Know, it could, you know, it, it, it could be a, a, a nice little trick to pull. You know, I'm I'm anxious to see what that team lineup is. The nice thing is we got most people back healthy. Um, I think the the Varane Lindelof pairing is a slightly better pairing, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, Luke Luke Shaw and Tellez are both playing well at left back, so I don't have a problem with either of those. Team in a lot of ways picks itself. Unfortunately, we're just still weak at a couple spots. And if you know how to exploit it, you know how to exploit it. I'll be anxious yeah. to see whether it's Juan Basaka or Dalot on the right back. True. Very true. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to uh, the time of our show. Actually, we're a couple minutes late, but we've come to the halftime part of our show. Uh, this is where we do our halftime shots. Mm-hmm. I'm doing mine from the good old flask here. Um Oh, yeah, that's definitely whiskey. I forget what I put in this, to be quite honest with you. But anyway, um, Aaron, I I have a suggestion. Your mind's probably there with me as far as, oh, yeah. you know, who to send this halftime shot out to. So I'm going to let you do it, my friend. Yeah, uh, without a doubt, this goes out to uh, everybody in Ukraine and all Ukrainian uh, people and athletes uh, around the world who are having to deal with this madness right now. And, um, you know, especially I, I think um, Vladimir Zelensky deserves a lot of credit for the way he has mm-hmm. led his country and his response of, I don't need a ride. I need more ammunition. Yeah. Um, and uh, a, a, a special aside, you know, it, it's hard to know what's true and what's not true. And especially in times of, you know, even on a good day, fake news gets through, we get misinformation and stuff. So who knows yep. what the truth is, but I tell you what, if, if the force protecting Snake Island actually did say Russian warship, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. Oh my God. That my hat is off to you. And <laughs> what I've heard is initially that they got bombed, but I've also yeah. heard that they got captured. They did. They, yes. So uh, we're coming for you. We're going to get you guys out. Not Evan and I, that wouldn't go real well. That'd be, uh, a, that'd be like, that'd be like stripes. <laughs> <laughs> spies like us there you go we get the big rv man uh but yeah to, to the people of ukraine and ukrainians everywhere uh and everybody who is supporting them uh big ups and um i i hope this ends soon i i hope it ends tonight
God bless yes. you. Slinky. And that is the Jägermeister. That was a bit more than a regular shot. Boy, that came out quick. Ooh, makes you feel all warm. That's uh, what? No, I'm not going to mm. do that. No, yeah. <laughs> we occasionally and get body kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, yeah. I have to check and a box as to whether or not there's there's <laughs> naughtiness in these uh, audio tracks when I upload I'm them. I'm sure so. you win. Yes, we're, yeah, come on. Yeah, uh, you know we're, I think we're we have not a, for... I think we have a PG thirteen rating. Really? Wow, that's interesting. Wow. Anyway, yeah. um, let's let's move on. There, there, there mm-hmm. is something I I, I want to talk about, and yeah. um, you know we we have a team. We do. You know, here in the yes. Circle City, um, they're getting ready to start. So big mm-hmm. ups and big shout out to uh, the Indy Eleven crew. Um, guys, look, we're behind you and, um, you know, we, we definitely want to take in a few matches and things like that. Um, you know, I wanted to, to take a, a broader look at this because I know we may have some things in the, you know, in the pipeline that we'll talk about in the next couple of shows, but Aaron, like you've, you've lived in Indianapolis for, you know, for a long time. I mean, you've mm-hmm. been here for a long time, dude. And, 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 you know, I've been here, this is my, this, this year. My friend, this is my 17th year of living in Indianapolis area. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy to call this home. Nice. What have you seen? How have you seen this community actually embrace the beautiful game? Like, like, do you think, do you think we're there, there? Because, Mm. you know, I, I, I love, I love. Cincinnati. I love Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati got the you know MLS franchise that we were hoping to get. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I I am a huge Indy Eleven supporter. Um, I don't care. Uh, you know, if we're the USL, I don't care if we're the MLS. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go. Do you think? Do you think Indianapolis have? Do you think that Indianapolis has embraced the Indy Eleven? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I have lived here for most of my life and I have watched the evolution of, you know, uh, club ball, you know, having played it. um, You know, we had a professional indoor team uh, called the Twisters that I uh, tried out for after after college um, and know know a handful of the guys that that did play. Um, And, you know, we had decent crowds for that. Uh, you know, it was, I believe it was the CISL continental indoor soccer league, if I remember correctly. And, um, you know, just soccer has endured in this country specifically multiple iterations of just sort of poor financing, you know, poor ability to Mm -hmm. really make the, the, the dollars match, match up with the game well enough. Um, you know, we've had the, the blast and the blaze, uh, outdoor teams that used to play at Coon stadium, um, and, you know, a, a variety of teams around the state at various levels. When this was, you know, finally proposed, what was great was we already had a supporters club. You know, you, we had a brickyard hmm. battalion before we had an Indy 11. Oh, wow. And we've okay. had these groups that have pushed hard, um, and, and, you know, Peter and, uh, you know, some of the other guys and, and especially, um, oh, of course the owner's name is going to escape me right now. Ertzel, 
Um, but they've done a really great job of, of laying the groundwork mm-hmm. uh, for a successful club. Um, they understood the amount of money that it would take and it's been a back and forth as far as facilities and things like that. But I think the club is on good footing um, there. You know, hopefully we can get Josh to come on and, and give us a little bit more insight, not just about a, you know, a, a team preview, but also kind of talk about some of the, the, you know, is there going to be a complex built and how yeah. soon can we expect that, that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I was a season ticket holder for the first three years of the club mm-hmm. and logistics and things kind of got in the way. I, I got to be honest, didn't love the idea of go, them going to, to Lucas Oil. I'm glad mm-hmm. uh, that they've been back at the mic for a season yep. and I'm looking forward to getting down there um, for, for some games this year and, and cheering mm-hmm. them on because it's, it's a good product. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's fun. Yes. In Indianapolis, you know, the, the whole USL MLS thing, I think that would be a bigger issue in a bigger market. But I mm-hmm. think the fact that um, we've always viewed ourselves as sort of a small market and okay. have, em- have embraced the Indians uh, or yeah. whatever we'll be calling them moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Pacers were an ABA team, which I think at the time kind of felt sort of second tier. Um, mm-hmm. And, we, you know, we've had our runs, uh, the, the Colts, um, are, are obviously big time, um, but NFL is, is vastly different because the way the money is shared is completely different. Um, sure. so, so you don't have sure. quite the small market aspect, but yeah, I'm, I, I think where Indy 11 is as an organization is a, as strong as there has ever been for a professional team in this city. And they're not resting on their laurels. They got a little frustrated with some of the results last year. So they've brought in some mm-hmm. new people. Um, both, you know, front room, back room, and on the field, uh, a couple of guys with some significant USL experience, you know, have, have won some things. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a strange level of play. You got guys who are on their way up, guys who are on their way down, and sure. the guys who found out that this is exactly where they're supposed to be. So it's sometimes tough. There's a lot of new faces that come and go. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to give me a renewed desire to, to really support the local boys and get out there. Um, and I encourage everybody to as well, cause it's a lot of fun. It's a good summertime hangout, um, mm-hmm. whether it's a Wednesday night or a Saturday, yep. um, it's pretty inexpensive mm-hmm. and, and then the game's over and you're downtown Indy and it's beautiful. Um, yeah. you're, you're staring at the, the JW Marriott and victory field to your right and IUPY's campus right in front of you. And uh, to, your, to your left, you've got the parkway. It's it's really gorgeous down there, and I encourage everybody to get out. And uh, I'd be I'd be happy to to go with you. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure that we'll we'll be there, man. We'll be there uh, for some for some matches. Um, so, man, I'm I don't know what do do you have anything else? You yeah, want to I, I, I want to say so. It's the second. So yes. the, the, the next time we meet is going to be, I believe, the 16th. So between now and then, there's a handful of games that I think we chatted out. Burnley, Newcastle for you. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, mm-hmm. you'll have Lille uh, the day of the show. Yeah. Uh, majority okay. up two to nothing. I, and, and you're playing away. I don't see them. I could see them causing a problem, maybe getting a goal, making a little squeaky bum for you. Sure, but, sure. Um, but meanwhile, man, United, away to City, home to Spurs. Oh and home to Atleti, um, work to be done, but you know what? It's, it's March. And if you haven't quite figured yourselves out as a team, it's probably not happening. So I'm hoping that Ralph's got some good ideas. Uh, the players have 
performed at a decent level recently. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible to get some good points from all this stuff. I I honestly, if if you said a draw, a win, and a draw. No, actually, we got a win since it's one one from Atletico. So, I'd I'd tell you what I would take. I'd take two draws. I'd take a draw against City and Spurs as long as we got the win against Atleti. So you're saying walk away these next three matches with five points? Well, I mean, well, I mean, in theory, if they were, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, I, away to City is going to be a tough ask. Um, it is what it is. Um, if we can get something out of it, great. I think three points against Spurs would be f- really, really good, but. Both teams are so up and down right now, mm-hmm. and especially mm-hmm. coming off <laughs> the city match, although it's six days later, so at least there's some time in between. Right. Um, but then from Spurs to Athleti, it's only three days, so going to have to get back up for it. Um, yep. And there will not be. So the next time we meet, we'll have to do a, a really nice um, preview for the final three World Cup qualifiers for the U.S. men's national team. Oh, right yeah. Now, Right now, the bad news is Weston McKinney broke his foot, so he will not be available for those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good news is Giovanni Reina will have recovered from his current injury and hopefully will have a couple games under his belt for Dortmund Yeah, uh, and can be in the mix. My God, we need him. Well, yes, Tyler, I, I, I mean, I, I've said it before. I think Weston, the, the combo of Weston McKinney, Eunice Moose, and Tyler Adams is what's truly important for us. I think Christian Pulisic's going to figure stuff out no matter what. And as yeah. long as those three other guys are out there creating, I mean, Jordan Pifak is scoring goals for fun for young boys in Switzerland. Yeah, oh, my God. Playing. We got all these guys that are playing really, really well right now. Even if they're not getting the ball in the back of the net, they're getting good minutes and yes. they, they deserve it. So yeah. um, we've, we're away to Mexico home to Panama and away to Costa Rica. And I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll know, we'll know after that first and exactly what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll, uh, we'll do a deep dive on uh, who's going to be available, who got called into camp and, and all that jazz next time around folks. Yeah. Um, Evan got anything else? I, I do. Yes, I do. And this is why I was so anxious to see if you had anything else, because ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Hey Aaron segment of the show. Uh, This is a carryover from our Evan and Aaron original show. Uh, But this Hey Aaron segment is soccer-based, and it will always be soccer-based. And Aaron, tonight, I'm going to put you on the spot, buddy. Um, Mm. I I am missing the sporkle um, at the CTF. And so I thought tonight... I would uh, throw some soccer trivia at you, my friend. Oh, see, yes. see what you Let's see what it. you know. Alrighty. Let's see what you know. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, those of you who are watching us either on YouTube or watching us live, uh, feel free to wager uh, with each other. Maybe shots, maybe money. Um, but the announcer gets ten percent cut. Anyway, mm. uh, yeah, I know that's capitalism. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off the question. I'm going to read off the possible answers, and you're going to tell me the answer. I will Ooh, click on it. It's multiple choice. It is multiple choice. So Phenomenal. see, it's in your favor. It oh, is yeah. in your favor, dude. It's May in your favor. Be ever. That's right. So that's what we're going to do. You're going to tell me. I'm going to click it, and I will tell you if you are right or wrong. I do not know the answers to these questions, but these questions, man, I'm telling you, they some of them are pretty challenging. So here – here we go. Number one, what is the record for red cards given in a single soccer match? Six, 24, 36, or 12? 
red cards mm-hmm. in a match. In a match. In a single oh, gosh. match. What are my options again? Six, 24, 36. Oh, you know, what am I doing? Hang on. This is why we have technology. Duh. How about I do this? Hey, that makes sense. All right. I'm going to go with 12. Oh, that would be a negative. Okay, so it's not going to show us the right answer. That's the stupidest thing. Seriously? Okay. Go to six, I suppose. Well, then 24. What? What? Interesting. Oh, in 2011, referee Damian Rubino set a world record by giving out 36. (gasps) Mm. Wow. That's. Damn, that's badass. <laughs> okay. Well, Claypool let's move to number two. Victoriano Arenas. wonder where that was. I have no idea. I have no idea. Claypool. Ah, I don't know. Um, which two countries participated in the first international soccer match? Germany Scotland and Scotland. Scotland and England. Oh, November 30th, 1872. Scotland Crickets Club. Wow. That's a zero-zero draw. Okay. And you, you, uh, everyone everyone uh, dribbled to one another. It wasn't until... <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. It wasn't until... Um, what? I want to say the late 1890s that Scotland sort of invented team passing. They would like... I would dribble over to you and sort of hand off the ball to you. Or wow. No yeah. wonder it ended up in a oh, zero, yeah, yeah, yeah. zero draw. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Well done. Number three, largest margin of victory in an international soccer match 11 points, 21 points, 31 points, or 17 points? Well, I'm going to say 31 because I'm pretty sure somebody beat American Samoa 24 to nothing in a qualifier a few years ago. Oh, nice. Oh, hey, there it is. Australia and American Samoa, which ended up with the 31-0 win. Could have at least let them score once. I mean, at at what point do you call off the dogs, man? Like, are are the rules the same in soccer as they are, like, in American football? Like, it's frowned upon in American football to reach triple digits. Like, you just, Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't do it. Yeah, I th- I think this is unfortunately back when um, Australia was qualifying through the Oceania region, and okay. Oceania did not get an automatic bid to the World Cup. So if if you won Oceania, you had to play a playoff against the fifth place team from Conmebol. So we saw Australia lose to Colombia like two or three World Cup cycles in a row. And I okay. think this was, I think the goal here was they're running up goal difference so they could make sure that they finished in a certain spot. Yeah. Wow, man. Also, Boy. I don't know if you've ever been on the end of a truly serious hiding in a soccer match, but it is almost more humiliating for a team to dribble around and not score on you. Like if they want to pass it between their two center backs back and forth for a while, but nobody wants that either. So it's okay, Aaron, bad. Do, do you remember? I played for Cincinnati Bible College, and you played for Hanover 
and you guys killed us every single yeah. time. So yes, I have been on that end of a drubbing, my friend. Pretty, I sure, really I scored, pretty sure I scored that day. <laughs> Number four, who was the first player to score at five World Cup editions? Lothar Mataus. Mataus? Is that how you say it? I don't know. Lothar Mataus. Mateus, Marta, Pele, or Ronaldo? I'm going to say Marta. Hey, the first footballer of either gender to score at five World Cup editions. She's often regarded as the best female player of all time, given the nickname Pele in skirts by Pele himself. Which is really kind of not. I know. I was like, do you remember the time? There you go. Um, what? Oh, God. Come on, man. We're going to run down to the paddock. <laughs> I will just do that. There you go. All right. Wait. Yeah. If you're watching this podcast and you don't know this, you know what? Welcome. We're glad yes. you're here. Yes. We are glad we are you are here. Yes. Number six, which country soccer team helped secure a truce through the nation's civil war in 2006? Ivory Coast. Dang, the Ivory Coast national football team helped further reduce tensions between government and rebel forces, mm -hmm. the rebel forces in 2007. I'm sure Drogba was a, a big part of, of kind of negotiating things, too. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. He speaks like six different languages, and I think he's built several hospitals and school systems in, in Ivory Coast as well. People, people are talking about him maybe running for president there. Wow. He's a phenomenal okay. human being. He really is. Okay. Hey, I, I have no doubt. No doubt. Number seven, according to the official FIFA rulebook, how long can a goalkeeper hold the ball? Six seconds. Dang. Well, it's just a rule, man. I, I, I just. I, <laughs> you knew it. I just. I. Although, although if you watch a Premier League game. 20 seconds should have been an option on here. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm like, has it changed this, you know, this year? I'm like, oh my God. How old was the youngest professional soccer player? 16, 12, 14, or 18? I'm going to go with 14. I know Freddie Adu was 14, 12. I think it's 12, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying. Mauricio Balivieso. Balivieso. Ladies debut for Club San Jose. Liga de Football, Professional Boliviano. That turned oh, out well. Yeah. <laughs> Who kicked the longest goal in soccer history? Asmir mm. Begovic. Dang, good call. Um, 2013, match between Stoke and Southampton. Um, it was a tie. No one would ever forget. Goalkeeper shocked the entire stadium. <laughs> he scored on a shot from his own penalty area. Oh my God. I think if I'm remembering this, this correctly, he scored it within the first 10 seconds too. They kicked off, rolled it all the way back to him and he hit it up the other end of the field and the other goalie was standing. I got to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is it. I got to look it up, man. Got to look it up. The Govich goal. Oh, this has got to be it right here. Yep. Yeah, it. it is. It, it, it happened within like, yeah, see, they kick off. Oh, no, the other team kicked off, so they get it. Boom. Bang. Bounces. 
once outside the 18. I think no! the goalie was I think the goalie was expecting his defender to handle it. Are you serious right mm-hmm. now? Dude, no, I gotta see that again. That's stupid good. Doink. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. he stumbled. Oh yeah. my god. While we're here, look up the Tim Howard goal. It's pretty nice. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, Tim Howard goal. See, this is just, here it is. Okay. Versus Bolton. Oh, that's very, very grainy. Let's see if we can go back and, um, yeah, try that first one. Oh, is this the same thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Blah, blah. So who is this? Who is this against? I forget who it's against. Olam, I think. Okay. So he took one step, by the way. No. <gasps> just took a massive bounce. You know, this game was probably in the middle of February, and it's just hard. The field is hard as hell. Yep. In the world. Hey, man, you know how it is. When you're caught as a goalie, you're just caught. It, it just, you, you're caught. You're just caught. Mm-hmm. That's it. Man, that was great. Finally, last last question. Who was the first English player to win league titles in four countries? Billy Wright, Jimmy Greaves, Peter Shilton, or so Beckham won Bex. in England, won in Spain. Don't think he won in Italy. Oh, yep. You know what, David Beckham. Yep. There you go. England, Spain, U.S., and France. I, I, I forgot he'd played at France to finish out his career. Man, well done, my friend. Well done. And ladies and Thank gentlemen, uh, this is why you watch this show is because, you know, you have all this knowledge sitting across from me. That's amazing. Um, brother, you killed it tonight, man. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is bringing us to my second favorite part of the shows that we do. That is the Um, the moment Aaron uh, gives us his final thoughts. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, The red and the blue soccer podcast, Aaron, what you got for us, brother? Real quick. Well, we were watching those videos. I wasn't watching IO responding. IO, I had the exact same thought about how many players could be sent off because you can't have less than seven players for each team, but you can also send people off no matter what time of the match it is. So it's a wee bit of a trick question. And to say 36 also is like, um, you sent off staff and coaches and shit like that. Right, so, right, right. Anyway, um, <laughs> technicality. But, but otherwise, I think I was. I think I I hit eight hundred there. Um, you did great. So you know, tonight's last thought is much like tonight's first thought. Uh, it is really, really hard to think beyond um, what what's going on thousands of miles away. Um, people are huddled. You know, people are scared. People are, you know, hiding in metro stations. I just saw that several Ukrainian cities have fallen today, um, which is going to mean hundreds, if not thousands of casualties. And all I can hope for is that uh, we can negotiate some sort of peace, some sort of end to this and uh, figure out a way to move forward without any more loss of life. Um, Hopefully the sanctions do a little bit of work. I, I don't think the oligarchs like having their money taken away from them. Um, so maybe they can, uh, lean, lean on, on Pooty a little bit too, um, and get through this, but, uh, my heart aches for all of this. And I know yours does too. And, um, 
you know, if in some small way football can lessen the effect of this and make people feel a little bit better for a brief period of time, it's a big part of why I love this game. It's a big part of why I think we come together to, to talk about it and uh, what we wish for, which is the best for, for everybody involved here. So uh, to the Ukrainians, um, just keep your heads up, know that we're with you. And uh, grandma, Ukrainians keep handing out sunflower seeds to the Russians. That's right. Black people vote. Black people vote. Putin, screw yourself. <laughs>